Thank you, everybody. Right, this month we are talking about mission. We're talking about the church is on a mission. God has given us something to do. And the first week, Dave shared, and he talked really about how God loves people. God loves people. Everybody matters to him. And he talked about the two people, about the rich young ruler and, and about Zacchaeus. But all of us have affronted with a question. Jesus puts a question. He says to us, every one of us, he says, will you follow me? And we have a choice to make. We have to choose. That becomes our role. Then last week, Pastor Paul shared, and he shared the message You know, there are so many ways that we can present the message of Jesus and his way. I had never, ever heard before. I've been a Christian for 36 years, but I'd never heard it from an accountant's point of view (laughs) that we are in debt and that Jesus has paid the debt and balanced the books and that we have an inheritance. What a great message. You know, that is the good news. You can say it in 30 seconds. You can tell someone the good news in 30 seconds in your own creative way. You know, we have been asked um, to to share the gospel. Just before I start, today I'm going to talk to you about reaching lost people. I want to talk to you about reaching lost people. Before I start, let's just pray, shall we? Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Father, today, show us more of your heart, Lord. Your heart for people, your heart for lost people, people that we call non-Christians and that the world says are just unbelievers, but people without Jesus in their lives, you call them lost. And so, Father, we just pray that you will stir our hearts, that, Father, you will speak to each one of us, that we all have a role to play in this, that, Lord, you've called all of us, you've chosen us, and you've loved us, and we are so full of Jesus that we need to share it with others. So today, as we share the word, Holy Spirit, come and be with each and every one of us. You know where we've been, you know our week, you know the things that trouble us, but we lay it all aside, and Holy Spirit, speak to each one of us today afresh. I pray it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. I have to put some glasses on and have a look at my notes. The message that we have to share with people is a message of love. Without love, we've got nothing to share. We have nothing. When Jesus was asked by, by one of the religious people, what is the greatest commandment? Do you know what Jesus said? The greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength. Love the Lord your God. Love him. He loves you. He created you. He knows you. It's powerful. But love God. And then Jesus said, and the second command is like it. Love one another as I have loved you. It's a wonderful thing to know the love of Jesus and to be filled with the love of Jesus and to pass it on to other people. It is fulfilling. Then in Matthew 28, 
the last verses of the whole of the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus said, Go ye therefore into all the world and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And at the end of that, he says, Go and surely I am with you always to the very end. He never leaves us nor ever forsakes us. We have Jesus in our lives. He said, go ye therefore, not to make Christians, go ye therefore to make disciples. What's a disciple? A disciple is a committed follower of Jesus Christ. Committed in every way. You know, these two things, the greatest commandment that Jesus said, and then the great commission that he also said to his disciples, if all of us were 100% committed to those two things, all around the world, every Christian was committed to those two things, what a great and mighty church there would be in this world today. You know, I am choosing to commit myself to these two things. I want to see lost people saved. Why? Because it matters to God. In Luke chapter 10, verse 19, sorry, verse 10, Jesus says, I came. I came. Why? Why did Jesus come? He says, I came. The Son of Man came to seek and save what was lost. Jesus came to seek and save what was lost. In Luke chapter 13, there are three stories that Jesus tells, three parables. It starts with the lost sheep. You know the story. There's a hundred sheep. The shepherd's looking after them. He counts them all up. One's missing. So what does he do? He leaves the 99 and search for the one. The 99, they're in the paddock. They're doing the right thing. But he's over here and he goes looking for the lost. The lost sheep was really important to that shepherd. But at the end of that little story, this is what Jesus says. He said in verse 7, I tell you that in the same way, There will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous people who don't think that they need to repent. (laughs) You know, all of heaven, when something is lost and you find it, it feels good. There is rejoicing. You know, there's a great party. The second story Jesus told was the one about the lady who lost a coin. She is desperately searching for her coin. You know, if you've ever looked for something and you can't find it, you, get, you actually get desperate to find it. You start looking under everything and everything gets cleaned and everything gets moved. And you, when you find it, what she did is she was so happy she found this lost coin. It was of value to her that she called in all her neighbours and they had a great celebration. And then Jesus says at the end of that story, in the same way I tell you, There is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Two stories. Wasn't enough. He went straight into the next story. The three stories are all in the same chapter. And Jesus tells the story about the lost son. We all know the story of the lost son, I think. The prodigal son. The son who was at home and he wanted his inheritance and off he went. He wanted to do his own thing and he went and he squandered everything he had. And he ended up in a tough situation where he was looking after pigs and even the pigs had more to eat than he did. And he finally came to his senses, look, I'm going to pack myself and I'm going to go back. 
I'm going to go back. And he goes back home and we know he was welcomed with open arms by his father. And at the end, his father says, bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast, celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. When someone gives their life to the Lord, it's a celebration. All of heaven rejoices. I have seen it here. I have seen it with some of you. You put your hand up and heaven rejoices at the repentance of one person coming back to the Lord. If there's a party in heaven, you know, and, and 2 Peter 3 verse 9, the Father's heart. It's only a part of a verse, but this is God the Father's heart, that none should perish, but everyone should get to know Him. That is God's heart. God loves people. Yes, we sing. He loves us. But I'll tell you, He loves everyone who ever walked this earth. Every soul He created, He knew, He planned it. He loves us. He loves everyone. So in John 3.16, and you all know this, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him will not, but will inherit. Amen. Amen. You know, that's God's heart. God loves everyone in this world. So what is our mission? What is the church's mission? The first thing, we need to reach the lost. I'd like to read a verse from Romans chapter 10. Have we got that at the back? Romans chapter 10, verse 13. Because I think when we read, I read the Bible, I think it's important that you read it with me. So if it comes up on the screen, we're going to read Romans 10, verse 13. Do we have it, Callum or Reese? Okay. Everyone... They're having trouble down there. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they call on the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. There are lots and lots of people in our society today who have never heard of a creator God. When I was a child, I was born in the 1950s. I know it's a long time ago. But in the 1950s and in the 1960s, there were not many people who didn't go to church and they didn't go by chance. But I'll tell you, a lot of people heard about God. But some made the choice not to go and many went out of obligation. You know, but in today's world, it's very different. God isn't important anymore. God seems to be, oh, Really? Yeah, no, because science says one thing and people don't know what to grasp. They don't hear the truth. And a lot of people have no idea of God, never mind a supreme being or a creator God. You know, and a lot of people haven't never heard the gospel, never mind even having a positive attitude toward the gospel. And a lot of people don't know that we actually have a choice to make. 
Why? Because they have never heard we have a message. They don't even recognise their need for Jesus in their lives. They don't recognise that God is necessary for them. They just have this thing that, oh, well, I'm going to live and live my own life, and when I die, I die. But we, we know that there's more to it. We know that there is a choice to be made. We have a message to share, an important message to share. There's a story in 2 Kings chapter 7. It starts in chapter 6, but I'm going to read some of it from chapter 7. Let me give you some background. There is the city of Samaria where God's people, the Israelites, were living. And the king of Aram wanted to, wanted to attack. So he gets his army and they surround the city of Samaria. They just surround it. And the people of Samaria are inside and they can't get out without getting killed. And time goes by and a famine hits. And the famine was so bad after so much time that mothers were killing their babies to eat them. That's how bad this famine got. And then I want to pick up the story in in 2 Kings chapter 7. And it says that there were four men with leprosy at the entrance of the gate. Lepers weren't allowed in and they they certainly couldn't be on the outside. So they sat at the gate. What happened? If they went into the city, they would die because there was no food in the city. And if they stayed at the gate, they would die as well. So what they did is they waited up and they said, but if we take a chance, if we take a chance and go to the enemy camp, they might have pity on us. They might spare us and give us food. But if they don't, they'll kill us. We're going to die anyway, but we'll take the chance. Okay? So they take the chance. Off they go. In verse 6, it says, for the, oh, when they decided, yes, that's it. For the Lord, in verse 6 it says, for the Lord had caused the Arameans to hear the sound of chariots and horses and a great army, so that they said to one another, look, the king of Israel has hired the Hittite and the Egyptian kings to attack us. So when they get down there, what do they find? Here's these four lepers coming. They left, um, oh, the, the, the Arameans, they left everything. They ran for their lives. So when the lepers got there, they found the camp deserted. But it was full of food and drink and clothes and riches and gold and silver. And there was nobody left there. Why? Because God caused them to hear a sound. What I'm trying to say is these people, the Bible says that at dusk the lepers left. And it was at dusk that the army, army fled. God began to move the instant the lepers took the chance. God began to move. And what did they do? They heard something and they thought that they were under attack and they ran for their lives to free up as the lepers came in to take what they needed. All right? So God came into the situation. Then, in verses 9 to 11, I've just condensed a little bit, they, they took everything and they were hiding riches for themselves and then they said to each other, We're not doing right. This is a day of good news 
and we are keeping it to ourselves. So they went back to the city gatekeepers and told them, told the gatekeepers, and the gatekeepers, they shouted the news and it was reported within the palace. Today, for us, is a day of good news. We can't keep it to ourselves. There are people out there that are starving of spiritual life, and we need to be able to tell them the way. Two things that I want to bring out, that God always goes before you. He makes the way for you, and he has been there before you. And the second thing, it is out of the overflow of God's provision for the lepers and for us that, that um, we become so filled with his goodness and his blessing that we want to share it with other people. When I first heard... I'm one of these people, I had heard a whole lot about Jesus when I was young. I'd heard it hundreds of times, the gospel message. It was a story. I liked the story. I went to church for the first 18 years of my life, and I heard, and I heard, and it was just a story. You know, people hear the gospel message, but, you know, it takes more than hearing. We need God to go before us. You know, and it came to a time in my life when my brother, who was a Christian 10 years before me, you know, he, he used to try and preach to me. I used to get so mad with him. I just got mad with him. How, who do you think you are saying that you know this much more than me? You know, it was just, I used to, but it was, it was I was mad and I'd stomp out and walk off, you know, and for years. But he was my brother. I loved him. And as soon as he started, I could see it coming, you know. And my sister-in-law would, would have, he was a prophetic gifted. It was either right or it was wrong. But my, my dear sister-in-law, Claire, she was mercy gifted. And she, oh, come and have another cup of coffee with it, you know. And she would try and keep me there. But this went on for years. For seven years, they say, they tried to preach the gospel to me. They gave up. Three months later, I'm driving in my car. And um, just before, the night before, the night before my brother had said to me, he says, Sophie, he says, put your life right with God and God can give you what you want. He doesn't remember saying it, but he actually said it. He said, if you put your life right with God, God will give you what you want. I thought, what? Really? <gasps> you know, hope. I couldn't make anything. I was, I was, everything was going wrong. But with God, what? Really? And it gave me hope. But it was when I was driving my car to work the next day, I was in the car and I was just driving along and I I remember thinking, God, is all that stuff really real? I want to know. I want to know. And immediately, the presence of God, something overwhelmed me. I knew it was love. I knew that what was a winter's day turned into a bright, sunny day, that something happened to me. I knew that Jesus had come to me. By the time I got to work, eight kilometres later, I was bubbling over with joy. You know, but if you'd seen me the day, the day before, it was a totally different story. God touched my life. You know, it was just a, a wow thing. But something I'd heard, I'd heard, I'd heard, but I needed to make a decision. Jesus says, come, follow me. And I said, if it's really you, I will. 
And from that day on, my life has been on a different track altogether. I found love. I found riches. I found real treasure. You know, and I am so full of the treasure and the things that I have found of God. Um, I told everybody that was in my world, my small world, my family, my friends, or my work colleagues, I told them all within the first week. <laughs> Whoa, do you know what? Jesus is real. You know, I was so excited. Scott, God had touched my life. What's happened to you? I've become a Christian. You know, it was just like, you know, they get it. They didn't see it. I lost friends. My family stopped inviting me over. My, my, I just, my workmates sort of said, tone it down. <laughs> it was just my excitement. You know what happens to us? We, we get a bit dull. You know, and I thought, how? I see it happening over and over and over again. I see it all the time. It makes me smile. But I had to get myself on a track. No, are lost people really important to God? Yes, they are. Well, what do I need to do? Why am I shying away? Why has my confidence gone? Why, is the, why am I feeling like I'm in the minority, not in the majority? Do you know, Ian always said to me, you know, if you can talk someone into being a Christian, well, somebody else can talk them out of it. It wasn't that kind of an experience. I, what my experience was, was very real, and nobody could talk me out of what was happening to me. And I found that there's another verse that I want to share with you. And if, if the guys can at the back, 1, 3, 1 Peter 3, verse 15. No, is it? No, no. But in your hearts, set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. Always be prepared to give an answer. There it is. Let's read it together. Come on, this is important. Here we go. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. Do this with gentleness and respect. Do you know our message is a message of love and we need to be loving and caring. How? You know, I, you read the Gospels, what was Jesus like? You know, Jesus had so much compassion for people and I would pray, Lord, fill me with your compassion. You know, and then Jesus would listen to people. He didn't hammer them with stuff. He listened to people and he found out where they were at and he started to talk to them from there and he built them up that way. Jesus was informed. He knew what his message was. Well, I had, to, I had to learn to do these things. You know, this little booklet, whoops, this little booklet that's at the back, we call it a fresh start. We give it to all of those new in the kingdom. But some of us, what is the message? You know, I learnt the verses off by heart. I've got them in here. I learnt my verses off by heart. So if anyone ever asks me, I've got an answer. I've got an answer. You've got to learn some stuff. You know, we've got to share some things with it. Um, so, and, and then, uh, then and so, uh, salvation always belongs to the Lord. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, it says, And you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses. And so I thought, I need the Holy Spirit to come upon me. Salvation belongs to God. He's the one who saves. But I am going to need the power of the Holy Spirit upon me so that I can be his witness. 
Well, what does that mean? To be a witness means you've got to tell what you know and nothing else. You don't make it up as you go. You just say a witness in a court case. You can give witness. You just have to say what you know. And we have things as witnesses for Jesus. We need to say what we know. What else did I write there? And what is to be true? The greatest act of love you could ever do for anybody is to share the love of Jesus with them. The greatest act of love. How do you do it? You've got to be sensitive towards them. I'm just going to read you a story. It's, a, it's, it's just a story. It's about um, an Indian chief. Back in the pioneer days of America, a missionary was talking to a group of Indians about the Lord Jesus. He was challenging them to follow Jesus. Jesus deserves the best that we have because he gave his life for us, the missionary said. And as he was speaking, an old Indian chief stood up. He walked forward and laid his tomahawk on the, at the missionary's feet. He said, Indian chief, give his tomahawk to Jesus Christ. Then he sat down. The missionary continued to speak telling of the love of God and sending Jesus to the world to show people the love of God. Rising up from his mat, the old chief came forward the second time. He took his blanket from his shoulders and laid it at the missionary's feet. He said, Indian chief, give his blanket to Jesus. Again, he sat down. The missionary continued to speak as if nothing had happened. He told of how Jesus was the great son of God and how he left heaven to come to the world to teach people everywhere God's ways. The Indian chief rose up for the third time, but this time he left the tent and was gone for quite a while. When he came back, he was leading his pony. He tied his pony to a stake by the tent door and then walked up to the missionary and said, Indian chief, give his pony to Jesus Christ. Once more, the chief sat down. He had given all the most important things he had to Jesus. The missionary continued talking. Now, he was telling the people of the death of Jesus on the cross. The old chief began to cry as he heard about Jesus dying for his sins. He got up again and stumbled forward once more. Kneeling before the missionary, he said, Indian chief, give himself to Jesus Christ. Life is a journey. You know, life is a journey. When you read, hear a story like that, we're all missionaries. We have a mission to reach the lost and to make them disciples of Jesus. All of us are missionaries. Here is a person, a man speaking the word of God. Here is an Indian chief who's hearing the word of God and, he, and he's responding. But what's happening? The word is being taken by the Holy Spirit to the heart of this man and he is responding. You know, and as he is responding, he is giving, and we see that he becomes a fully committed person. He's given his whole life to Jesus. When we name the name of Jesus, when you speak to somebody and name the name of Jesus, when you share what Jesus is doing in your life, when you tell them about what happened to you the day you got saved, when you start to share the thing of Jesus, 
God, the Holy Spirit, can take it to the heart of the person. Sometimes it keeps and it boils and it stews a little bit, but sometimes there is a very quick response. But it's the work of the Holy Spirit to bring conviction to that person's heart, because I can't do that, and to bring that conviction and the revelation that Jesus is, is true. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is alive today. You know, we have great things. If you have never made that kind of a decision in your life. You know, I put my hand up and I've given some stuff to Jesus. But, you know, truly, I have not given my all to him. I've given him some stuff and I go out and I think, oh, I'm just doing this for you, Lord Jesus. Like Pastor Paul said last week, it's not about what we do. It's all about what Jesus has already done. He's done it all. And, you know, that's you and you want to respond and say, no, today, Lord Jesus, I'm going to lay it all. I'm coming. I'm going to come to the front. I'm going to ask you to. I'm going to come to the front and I'm just going to lay my whole life down and say, Jesus, take me just as I am. I know you love me. We've been talking about his love. He loves you. There are no conditions to his love. There is no, just as you are. He will change you. He will build you up. He has a great future for you. He has people that he wants you to go out and reach and share the love of Jesus with. There is great rejoicing. There is real rejoicing inside yourself when you walk away just as there was in heaven when one sinner repents, you know, just one person and you're sharing it and you know, the Holy Spirit lets you have that joy that you shared Jesus. Some of us think, oh, I can't do this. I can't talk. You know, it starts with prayer. Speak the name of Jesus in your prayer. Jesus over my family. Jesus over lost people. Jesus over Kerry Kerry. I'm going to shout the name of Jesus from the mountaintops. I'm going to shout the name of Jesus in the streets. I'm going to shout Jesus. I'm going to speak Jesus. You know what will happen? The spiritual atmosphere over that area will begin to change and you will begin to be able to plant good seeds into people's lives and into our community. We need, it is the Father's heart that none should perish, but everyone should come to know Him. We must, we must reach out to the lost. That is our purpose, people. Otherwise, Jesus would have taken us straight up into heaven. We are saved. You know, heaven is my eternal destination, but He's left me here. I am His ambassador. I am His witness. I am here to preach the good news of Jesus Christ over my community my neighbourhood, my family. It is God's job to save them, but my job to preach the good news. Got it? Father, if you want to respond, please come and see me. Don't walk away. Let me pray with you individually. If there's something going on in your heart and you think God is trying to say something to you, today might be a brand new day for you. A brand new day, a whole new start. You will know His love like never before. But for the rest of us, I'm just going to pray, Father God, you are so great and so awesome. Lord, it is such a wonder that you would choose us to be your instruments in this earth, Lord, that we are part of your work. We want to build the kingdom of God here on this earth. So, Father, we can't do it without your help. We need a passion to burn within us, Lord. We need a confidence to come upon us. So, Holy Spirit, come. We want to stand up, be strong, and speak with authority like you said we would. So, Lord, I just thank you. I commit everyone here to you. Lord, may their week be like a week that I've never had before that they will find opportunity to share Jesus with those who don't know. In your wonderful name I pray, Amen.